good to see everybody this morning. We're so glad you're here. Um, we've been going through a series that I've kind of titled The Principle of Firsts and how there are, there are things in our life that we have to do first before we can reap the benefit from God, reap the benefit of his kingdom things. And so this principle of first we've been talking about, we went through uh, the Sabbath day, and that is actually a, a covenant that we have with God. By keeping the Sabbath, I went through 10 things that we can uh, see as a benefit in keeping the Sabbath. And then last week, uh, we also went through, in order to receive, you must believe, right? How many were here last week? <laughs> in order to receive, you must believe. So you must believe to receive. You know, there's a lot of people that they're trying to receive, 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 but they're not really believing in faith. They, they say, yeah, I believe, but they're not, there's a different word coming out of their mouth. They're saying that they believe, but then when they get into the situation, they're not following through with the action. The action looks very different than what they're, what they're saying. So we must believe in order to receive. Well, today I'm going to hit a, another one, and this is called the principle of promotion. So last week was the principle of believing to receive. Well, this is the principle of promotion. How do we receive promotion or victory in our life? And we're going to start out in 1 Peter. So if you'll get your word and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. chapter 1 verse 6 and I'm going to open up in prayer and thank God for his word hallelujah it is it is the key to our victory it is the key for us to have success in our life so we, let's thank him for his word father we thank you that you have given us your word the very seed of God that's imparted implanted on the inside of us so that we can bear fruit that it takes root in our life so that we can be fruitful father you have called us to be fruitful you have called us lord to have fruit that does not rot does not uh, die off but lord that it's everlasting fruit so i pray today that this is everlasting fruit in every person's life that it is that they uh this seed gets planted and it's strong in their life that it brings them revelation i pray for the spirit of revelation and wisdom to come upon us and just highlight the things in every person's life in their spirit that you want them to see today in your word in Jesus name amen so first Peter chapter 1 verse 6 it says in this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, what I want to show you here in verse 6, it's talking about how there are trials that we sometimes may go through. He says you may suffer trials. There may be tests that we go through. But what is that test for? Four. It says to test the genuineness of your faith. The genuineness of your faith. See, our faith can be tested. And in fact, in, in Proverbs 17, 3, it says the refining pot is for the silver. The furnace is for the gold. But God tests the heart. 
God tests the heart. Our heart is actually tested. If you were going to be, I was talking to uh, Pastor Brad yesterday, and I was like, you know, how do you, how do you determine if someone is a good cook? Is it because they say they are? If you go out and say so-and-so is a really good cook, like they, they, their stuff that they fix, it is top-notch. It's really good. How do you know? Oh, I read a magazine article about them. No, it's because you tasted it, right? You tasted it, and, and you tasted the actual result of what they cooked. How do you know if someone is, is loving? It's because in a situation, you saw them in an unloving moment, and they chose to love someone that was being unloving. How do you know when someone's faithful? In the moment where it may not have been easy, they chose faithfulness. They chose to stick it out. They chose to stay in place, even though it wasn't always an easy decision to make, and they chose to remain faithful and loyal. How do you know if someone's uh, generous? It's because you see them in a situation where they choose to be generous, and they didn't have to be generous, right? It's the testing. It's not that you just call everybody generous. You only call people generous that you see generosity coming out of their life because you saw them in a situation where they were tested. And so it's the heart that becomes tested. God tests the heart. And so today I want, I want you to see that just because there may be something in life, that just because there may be a test doesn't mean that it's there for you to just survive. It's actually there for you to qualify for a promotion. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to be qualified for promotion. Amen. Because we have to have this attitude that this is just for me to overcome so I can receive my promotion. Because a test is not there for survival. If, if some of you remember the, the uh, reality TV show Survivor, yeah, and they kicked him off of the island, you know, those that couldn't, couldn't handle it, couldn't, uh, you know, they, they weren't able to maybe pull their weight or they weren't able to, to eat whatever it was that was found or given to them and they were kicked off but that's not what we're not called to just barely survive God wants us to be victors he wants us to be conquerors so that we can receive promotion why did he he give the Israelites the land of Israel why did he take them into the land of Canaan why did he take them to that place knowing there were giants there were giants men that were almost twice their size but he took them to this land he didn't do it because he, he was saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put temptation in front of you because I'm going to show you here in a little bit, a temptation is not the same thing as a test. Even though we can be tested through temptation, it will test our heart. But God does not tempt us because we see in the book of James that God does not tempt us. He can't tempt. There's no evil that comes through him. He cannot tempt. The enemy comes to try to tempt the enemy comes to tempt, to destroy, to, to uh, try to, to knock our feet from out from under us. But through that moment, because temptation and testings are not the same thing, although we can be tested in a tempting moment because it tests our heart. So trials are not for survival. They are for your promotion 
for your promotion. It's for my promotion. You know, I was thinking the other day, back in back in T-ball, when, when Pastor Brad and I, we coached T-ball, when Zane and Stefan and Gracia were all little, and they were all on the same T-ball team, and we were the, the coaches. Hallelujah. That was a moment in time that I don't want to go back to. So you have all these four- and five-year-old kids all the way up to, like, age nine, and you send them all out on the field. And at this point, I mean, there's some nine-year-olds that can slug the ball. I mean, they've got the eye-hand coordination down, and, I mean, they're hitting some line drives. But then there's the, some of these four-year-olds. You stick them out there. They have no interest. Mom just thought it was going to be a great thing for them to, to stick little Billy out there in the outfield, and they're playing out there in the dirt not paying attention. And, and there was one moment. I remember we were we had taken the field and <laughs> this one kid that was never paying attention I don't even think he knew what was going on like mom had given him a shirt it came down to here on him you know it was way too long he goes out and stands in the field and half the time he's turned around backwards he's not even facing the right direction and he's playing around all of a sudden this nine-year-old gets up to the to the uh, home plate and, and he doesn't need a tee he's got the bat and he just slugs that thing line drive to the outfield Thank God, Brad, wasn't it you that was there? Brad was standing beside this kid and, like, takes the kid and moves the kid as the ball, like, went right where this kid's head was at. And I was just like, hallelujah, you know, because I'm thinking, oh, my lands. I would have knocked that kid out. But my point in all of that is there are some things that, God, if we aren't promoted, it's there to protect us. <laughs> because in that moment, that kid really, truly should not have been in the field with nine-year-olds. He really, but of course, in our generation, how do you, you know, we all know that, that everybody's a winner, right? They all get the trophy at the end. Everybody's a winner. So we kind of operate with this mentality. Everybody gets a badge. Everybody gets a trophy. Well, what that does is it cancels out the effect that people quit trying because everybody gets one in the end right, anyways, Right? So people quit looking and saying, I want to be like that, which means I've got to work hard, which means I have to overcome, which means I have to do more than just the regular person. And so we have to quit with the mentality of, you know, socialism, like just pass it around. God is not a socialist and God is not a communist. He just doesn't just hand out everything, although some people think he does. Just, well, God just loves everybody and just hands everything out. But that's not how it works. There are some things that are only handed out as we are promoted, and many times it's for our protection as well as others. So in this time, we have to realize, like, when we go through testings, be determined. I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to overcome this thing. I am going to see myself through, and I'm going to be promoted in this. I am going to make sure that I do, the, do things the way God wants me to do them, that I am taking the course that God wants me to take so that I can have that, that increase. You know, uh, God is not a God of decrease, Think about it. From the very beginning of time, he said, Adam, Eve, I want you to multiply. I want you to increase. I want you to subdue and have dominion. And, and I want you to, to make sure that you grow this place. As you have kids, then begin to take over the earth. That's what God's design was. Increase and multiplication. He is not a God of decrease. He's not a God of wanting you to go backwards. He's not a God of, of just stagnation. He is a God of increase and multiplication. So the tests that are in your life are there 
there for you to overcome so that you can go higher. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's, uh, let's turn to the book of Judges real quick. And you know, some people look at, look at this idea of, well, you mean God doesn't just do the same for everybody? You know, well, think about it. Does a teacher, when, when you have students in school, do you think it's a terrible thing that the teacher gives a test? You know, if the kid comes home and says, I have a test tomorrow. You know, we've been going through chapter 12, and we have a test on chapter 12 tomorrow. Well, what's that, cha- what's that test for? It's to test you on whether or not you have kept up with your reading, whether you've comprehended it, whether you know the material, and whether you have completed your assignment, right? Those that pass, it's obviously that they have read the chapter, they've completed the assignment. Well, would it be fair to just say, okay, you know, some of you did great on the test, some of you didn't, but you all get A's. You know, just A's for everybody. No, the test is there to realize who studied, who got it, who didn't. So with us, we don't, we don't call a teacher, well, they have favorites. You know, they passed so-and-so, and they didn't pass me, or they passed, you know, uh, this one, this one, this one. No, it's based upon a grade. It's based upon test, whether or not we pass the test. So we don't look at our teacher and say, well, she was just playing favorites. Uh, some people do, but, you know, um, we, don't, we don't have that mentality. You know, we expect that there are grade levels and we advance from one grade level to another. Well, God is the same way. He wants to, he's rooting for you. He's saying, yes, keep going. Yes, press through. Be diligent. You're almost there. You're on the verge of that breakthrough. Don't stop. Continue. And even in that moment, in that testing, like realize, like I'm burning out things that are not supposed to be there so you can look like me. Because the, the whole idea of the refining fire, the whole idea of the, the burning out of the impurities is for him to see his reflection in you. When you, put the, when you boil the, the, um, the silver, the gold, when you heat it up and you melt it and you're, you're taking that, that instrument and scraping off the dross, which is the impurities, and, and you're scraping that off and throwing it off to the side, and then the, the refiner, he looks into the, the melted gold because he, he's looking for his reflection. And then not, not, it's not ready yet. Scrapes some more off. Puts it onto the side. Looks in again. Not yet. We're not there yet. He scrapes more off as it heats up and puts it off to the side until he can see his reflection in the gold. It's an amazing analogy. It really is. Because when God looks at you, there are times that there's things being burnt out. But he wants to see his reflection in you. He wants to see his characteristics coming out of you. All right. Do we get to Judges? I didn't. Judges chapter 2. And I'm going to read a little bit of this. Starting from verse 11. Let's start at verse 10. It says, after that, the whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who knew neither, sorry, who knew, yeah, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. 
Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of peoples around them. They provoked the Lord to anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord handed them over to raiders who plundered them. He sold them to their enemies all around, whom, were no longer able to, whom they were no longer able to resist. Whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to their gods and worshipped them. Unlike their fathers, they quickly turned away, turned from the way in which their fathers had walked, the way of obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge from them, for them, sorry, he was with that judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who had oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to the ways even more corrupt than those of their fa fathers, following their gods and worship serving them and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and their stubborn ways. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, because this nation has violated the covenant that I laid down for their forefathers and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. Now listen, it says, I will use them to test Israel to see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed these nations to remain. He did not drive them out all at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. These are the nations, chapter 3, these are the nations that the Lord left to test all the Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. So in this we see God allowed nation, these nations to stay in the land of Canaan. Why? To test the Israelites. Why? Because they kept turning away from God. They were not doing what God had called them to do. They kept turning away. And, and finally, he allowed them to stay. But it was because their fathers had fought the war. They had fought and, and rooted out many of these tribes. But this generation that was there now, they did not know war. You know, sometimes we can get so easy, like think about it with your own children. If you give them everything that they want, everything that they have a desire for, everything without them working for anything, what does it create? A child that never learns any work ethic, right? They never learn how to put their hand to the plow or how to be determined or how to push through something. They never learn. I mean, even, even in, in the, the smallest of things, sometimes we can learn certain ethics. Like I learned, uh, I learned to push myself more physically by running a track when I was in high school. That was something that, I, you know, you, you're running and then when you're ready to quit, and it's like, no, keep going, keep going. And you learn that push through a little bit more, a little bit more. So you learn how to challenge yourself, how to go a little further, a little further. I've got a little bit more in me. I'm going to keep going. 
I learned work ethic from my parents. Both of my parents are very hard workers. And I learned work ethic, and I'm so thankful for that. But if a child isn't in a position where they're being challenged at all, then they have a tendency to just give up as soon as the challenge comes. And this is kind of what was happening. It was just like, ah, yeah, you know what? In fact, it said in verse, if you go on a little bit further, in verse 6, it says they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. So instead of rooting them out, what did they do? They adopted them in. The very, the very thing that God said, kick it out. Kick it out. Get it out of here. Do not let them remain in your land. Do not give them your land because they will become a thorn to you. You know, sin does that. And, and uh, demonic spirits and any kind of evil influence will do that in our life if we give it room. That's why it says do not give the enemy a foothold in your life. Because one little toehold, one little foothold can begin to breed a monster in our life if we allow it. And at first, it just seems so small, such a little thing. Oh, that's not a big deal. Give it a few years. It doesn't look the same. That baby gets nursed into an adult monster. I'm not talking children. I'm talking spiritually. Spiritually. If that thing is allowed to stay, then it turns into something else, and it has a root. Now, what we see here in, in this book in the book of Judges, we see an enemy that was left because their forefathers didn't kick them out. Their forefathers didn't get rid of everybody. So the land still had some enemies. You know, I'm sure there's probably most of us, if not all of us, probably can say, you know, there's things in, in my life or in my family that my, my forefathers, my parents, my grandparents didn't root out everything. Because they did the best they could. They did the best they knew how to. That's probably everybody in here. And then there's times where God is saying, I want you to get rid of them. I want you to exercise warfare. I want you to be in the battle. I want you to learn diligence. I want you to learn determination. I want you to learn to press in and learn that warfare. And they, they, they didn't do it. Instead, they adopted it in and married them. They made a covenant with the enemy. But if you overcome the enemy, then you have the blessing of that land, and it brings no thorns, and it brings no, no uh, baggage or bondage with it. So even today, like as I'm, as I'm speaking these things, you know, what I want you to really ask the Lord is, what is the test that I may be going through? And the thing is, it's not always a big, huge thing. There are times we, fa we can face a, a major testing in our life, like a big one. You know, and we're like, man, that was, when I look back, that was like a major test in my life. That was difficult to go through. But then there's some everyday things that we go through that aren't so big. They, you know, they're almost livable. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I can live with that. It's not bad. You know, a little bit of uh, just, you know, whatever it is, just a, a little bit of attitude, you know, whenever I want to flare it out there. A little bit of, uh, you know, my opinion, even though I know God is, like, telling me on the side this, and I'm like, eh, I'm just going to speak my mind, tell them what I think. A little bit of, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like doing this right now. Things that are livable. But the thing is, God wants to purify us as much as possible. Turn over to 2 Timothy. 
2 Timothy. Chapter 2. God wants to purify us so he can use us at a greater level. And even when you think about it, because this is a, a major one, when you think of Joseph's life, Joseph went through some major tests. Joseph went through, you know, even before he was sold into slavery, because we kind of think the, the big test started at, at the point of him being sold into slavery. But there was actually tests that he had to face before that point. Because if you actually read through Joseph, it talks about how he, you know, he got the coat of many, many collars from his father, right? So he was favored. His father favored him. And, but it said that he would go out and check on his brothers, and he would come back with an evil report to his dad about his brothers. He was already, like, sowing seeds of, of trying to keep that favoritism, you know, Dad, you know, I know uh, you and I, we got a thing going, right? And my brothers, those, those, they just don't think like you and me, Dad. You know, we, we have a, a strong bond to connect, but they, they don't get it. You know, they just don't see things the same way. You know, that's the, the kids of the, the other wife. And, and Joseph began to sow, see, sow seeds of discord or a wicked report about his brothers, you know, it's so easy to do that, even among, uh, you know, whether in, in a physical family or a spiritual family. Why? Because what was Joseph doing? He was lifting himself up. He was making himself be the, the one that looked great in the eyes of his father. It, it's a, it was a pride thing. And so then, guess what? And, and it says his brothers hated him because of his words. His brothers hated him because of his words. Well, then guess what? The goat didn't help. And then the dreams. Then he has these dreams. Well, instead of keeping them to himself, what's he do? He goes out and shares them. Brothers, I had a dream. <laughs> you know? And you would think that he wouldn't know him better, but he didn't. I had a dream, and you're going to bow down to me one day. Well, then it says they hated him all the more. So Joseph, if you got to read between the lines on some things. There was a pride issue there that he had to overcome. There was a pride that he had. Well, then he gets sold into slavery. And then he's got to deal with, I'm responsible for my master's stuff. Am I going to deal with this with excellence? Or am I going to deal with this in a manner of, of just, uh, you know what, I'm a slave. I really don't care. You know, this is a really bad position I was put in. I just, I'm just going to do enough to get by. I'm just going to barely get by and just do what he asks me to do and, and no more, no less, just to get through the situation. Or am I going to honor my master and his stuff with everything in me and do the best of my ability, which is what he did. He passed the test, and then guess what? He rises to the top. Is Siri answering me? <laughs> Tell her I'll get back with her later. She's wanting to know some more. I'll, I'll, I'll talk with her later. She can be my men, can mentor her. So the whole, the whole idea of, of Joseph going through various tests, even through prison. Can you imagine? He's thrown in prison, falsely accused. And it, it's a moment of, man, here I am living for the Lord and, and doing what's right, and this happens to me? It's a test. It's a test. 
Because as he's dealing with this, he has a choice. He can go sit in the corner in, of the prison cell and just sob and take it all in and say, you know what, this really stinks. Guys, come and listen to my sob story. You haven't even heard a bad one yet. Wait till you hear mine. Wait till you hear my position. But he didn't. He chose not to have that attitude. He chose not to take on that, that victim mentality. And he said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing here as, as, as I did there. You know, a lot of people would say, well, it didn't work for me there, so I'm not going to do this again. But he, he said, I'm going to do the best I can here. Well, what happened? Elevated to the top again. So he passes test after test after test. Why? Because God was getting ready to take him to the highest point of the land. He had to be refined. He had to be purified. Why? Let's read this scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2 in verse 20. It says, in a large house. This scripture, I love this scripture because if nothing else, it encourages you to continue to do and be the greatest and the best that God has, has created you and purposed for you to be. Because me, personally, I don't want to be a utensil of wood or clay. I want to be a utensil of gold or silver, which is what the Bible says that we should be. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, from the being ignoble, which is uh, a word for honor, so noble is like a place of honor or respect or the owner actually looks at that, that item and actually has a, a reverence for it. Like he, the owner looks at that and he values it. He values that item. It has honor. So it says, um, if a man cleanses himself from the latter, from the dishonorable things, then he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy or sanctified, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. So God wants us purified. Why? So we can be a vessel of gold or silver, not a vessel of wood or clay. Wood or clay is used for everyday stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't look different. It doesn't have a, an honor to it. it it's just kind of like, ah, get the plastic spoons out. You know, get the, get the everyday stuff out, not a big deal. But if somebody, uh, you know, comes over and they're, they're a, of a high influence, you don't say, oh, get the styrofoam plates, honey, and, and get the plastic spoons. That's good enough. You know, it's, it's just the, the high official of the land or it's just the important person, you know, coming to visit us. Not a big deal. Get the throwaway stuff. We say, oh, get the, and I know. Many, many of us don't have two sets of things like that anymore because we live in a practical society. But this is, this is often what they would do. You know, they would have a good set in the china cabinet. And they would then use their everyday stuff because that would get chipped up. So God says, if you will purify yourself, it says cleanse yourself. But understand, it says cleanse what? Yourself. If man cleanses himself. It's not about waiting on God. Well, God, if you want me cleaned up, clean me up. Just make it no effort. No, I don't have to put any work into this. He says, cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself. That means we have to be the one to choose. I'm going to get rid of this out of my life. I'm not going to let this thing eat me up. I'm not going to let this thing uh, bite me. I'm not going to let this thing take over my life and dictate where I'm going to go. 
I'm not going to let this thing determine my destiny. I'm going to determine my destiny. I'm going to make sure that I, I have my focus and that I know where I'm going. And I'm going to weed out everything that's holding me back. Because there's a test before the promotion. There's a test before the promotion. But see, oftentimes people see the test, but they don't see the promotion. So they don't, they, they're not really striving for it because it's just a survival mentality. It's just a, well, I'm just going to try to get by. No, dig in and say, I'm fighting this thing out. This thing's coming out. Why? Because God wants you to be a person of warfare. God wants you to be strong. If, if a child isn't taught how to war or how to be determined or how to dig in or how to have diligence or how to have hard work, then they'll just quit. You ever see a toddler where they, they want something and they're, they're like, <laughs> and you know they have it in them to like get it or to try it at least and they just won't? And, and if the mom just says, well, okay, here, honey, I'll just get it for you. I'll just, I'll just give it to you. I'll just hand it to you. I'll just make this happen for you. And even though, like Zephan, when he was little one time, I remember... He, he wanted fed, but he didn't want to feed himself. He wanted me to do it. And he was very capable of doing it on his own. And, and he still was, uh, he was learning to use a, a fork at that time, but he threw a fit on the floor. And I was just like, okay, well, Zephyr, it's right here, you know. And, and he would sit there and, it, and he would cry. And then he would turn and he would just look at me. And he, would, he wouldn't do it for the longest time. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't give in. Because I, I wanted him to understand. It's right there. It's right in front of you. You just have to go get it. I'm not going to do this for you. You know how to do it. He had to learn that, okay, you know what? I got to quit with this power struggle. And I, and I got to humble myself, and I got to get over there and do this. And many times that's what it is. It's like we've got to quit fighting for our own way <laughs> and, and, and say, you know what, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way because I want to be a vessel of honor. I want to be uh, the person that God can use and God can trust. In fact, when you talk about all of these things, the thing that came to my mind was tested and approved. You ever see a, a product that's tested and approved? Tested and approved. Well, that means that they didn't just study it. You know, if you go to use an axe, Paul, he, he's probably used an axe a time or two. He's, a, he's an outdoors man. But if you go to use an axe and you think, okay, well, it looks like a good axe. You know, it's got a good weight. Um, you know, smell the axe, feel the axe, touch the axe, study it. Well, which, which company made it? You know, and you look at, well, it feels sharp. How do you test an axe? You go out and you try it out. You test it. You want to see, does it cut? Is it sharp? Does it stay together? Or is the, the head going to go flying off of it? How long is this thing going to last? What do we do now? We go look at the reviews online, right? We, I mean, I've went to buy things before, looked at the reviews, and changed my mind. Ta-da! They say it breaks easy. They say this. They say that. Because it was tested, and it was not approved by the common uh, people. They tested it, and they didn't give it a good approval. But that's what, that's what a testing does. 
attesting says it's come through and you either passed the test or you failed the test. Did it come through as, as a purified, as approved? Because that's what that word testing actually means, that it's been tested and proved. In fact, that's what the word of God often used, uses, especially like in King James, it's proven, it was proved, meaning it was tested and it came through and it's quality. That's what quality means. It holds up under pressure. Like as it was tested out, when I came into the situation and in that moment, I chose I chose to do this instead of this. I chose to be loving instead of this. I chose to be faithful instead of this. I chose to be joyful instead of unjoyful. I chose to have a good attitude instead of having a bad attitude. I chose to, to operate this way instead of this way. That's the pressure or the situation that happens. And then what comes bleeding out of our life in that moment? What comes bleeding out? in that moment of testing. That is the decision. God tests the heart. He looks and examines the heart. He searches our heart. How are they going to respond in that moment of testing? Because that will determine our promotion. That will determine whether or not we move on to the next level. If you're a gamer, that's, that, should, that should click with you. You know, if you, you like gaming and you get through the level and you made it through and you beat up every bad guy there was and boom, you went to the next level. You conquered. Well, that's how you get to the next level. In the spiritual world, that's how you do that. You got to pass the test. But as you're testing, like, again, if you're testing that ax, you test it for not only do you test it to see if it is proven, but you also test the application of it. Does it do what it was created to do? Because you could take a hammer and try to use it like an ax, but it's not going to work as well. You're going to be there a lot longer trying to use that hammer as an ax. And the, the reason I bring that up is because many times God is trying to test our application. Like, are you, are you doing what I've called you to do? Or are you trying to do what somebody else is doing over here? And I haven't called you to do that. Because many times we can compare ourselves and say, well, God, I, I know that you're like, your Holy Spirit's like pressing on me to do this. But, uh, you know, so-and-so doesn't do that. Well, Maybe, just maybe, God's not calling so-and-so to do what he's calling you to do. So the test is going to be different. You're, when you go to be uh, an electrician, they're going to give you a test about electricity. They're not going to give you a test that has to do with beauticians. They're not going to have you cut hair and say, oh, you passed the electrician test. Good job. Here's your certification. You're going to go through a test that applies to your situation, what God has called you to do. So it may not look the same as someone else. And sometimes we can get sidetracked and say, why aren't they having to go through this? Why aren't they the, you know, they're, they're really sloppy in that area. Why is God requiring so much of me? You know, Joseph could have asked that. Why is God requiring so much of me? You know, I look around, and nobody else is having to deal with this. Why is he requiring this? God, have some mercy on me. But Joseph didn't know he was getting ready to go from the bottom to the top in one day. 
in one day. He had no idea. Sometimes you don't know what your promotion's going to be, but you do know the test that you're in right now. You do know the test because he, he showed you in your heart. He is showing your spirit because you feel the pressing of his Holy Spirit, the things that you need to work on. Those are the tests. Those things when, when you're in the position and you're like, man, God's really been dealing with me on this. Man, God has really been tugging at my heart on this thing. And I just keep shrugging it off and I just keep not paying attention to it because it's livable. You know, it's one of those livable things that I just don't see as a, as a big deal. But what if that's the thing that's holding you back? What if that's the one thing? You know, there were times, I know even in, in our own walk, there were times we had to weed out what may not seem like huge things, but we had to weed them out. Why? Because this position right here means that you're dealing with people's lives. For instance, confidence as a pastor you you can't like meet with someone and then go tell everybody else about their position well a lot of people like to talk so immediately that can disqualify them for that position because they'll go out and say well you know tell another congregate member what's going on over here and end up hurting someone. So that's why I say sometimes he will keep a person from accelerating if it's going to hurt them or other people in the process. So many times our test, we don't know what the promotion is going to be. We have no idea where God's taking us to, but we do know the test because it's right in front of us at the moment. We don't always see where it's taking us, but we do. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Because sometimes it's, it's physical, sorry. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes it's like, if, if, uh, if I'm saving up, why God, why, why can't I get this vehicle? Why can't I get this whatever it is? Why can't I, why, why aren't you just dropping it from the sky, you know? And God's trying to teach you to save money. And he's trying to teach you how to budget and to save. Because the word of God, believe it or not, does talk about saving. It is in there. Lots, lots, lots and lots through Proverbs. Read Proverbs. So he says, if you won't follow this, this simple thing of saving, if you won't do that, then how are you going to be, how am I going to trust you with more? So he, he gives this concept. And sometimes you do know exactly what the promotion is. Like I'm going for this thing and therefore I have to do this thing. As I do this thing, it's going to bring me into this sometimes we do know but sometimes we don't in the spiritual we don't always know what is going to happen or what the release is going to be as we are faithful as we are faithful so what is your test what is the the very thing that God has given you what is what is it that is testing your heart you know, sometimes it may just be, you know, I, I need to be a better uh, wife. I need to be a better husband. I need to be better in my marriage. I need to be uh, better in this area with my kids. I need to be uh, doing a certain thing in, in my home more. I need to be reading the word of God. I need to be praying more often. I need to be whatever that is. Maybe it's boundaries in your life that need to be established. You know, sometimes it, it can be the simplest things. I didn't always used to know how to say no. If anybody asked me to do something, I'd just say yes. And then I realized real quick, like my time was so spread thin that I couldn't, I, I didn't have time to do what I was supposed to be doing. And I had to learn how to say no. Well, you know, that can be a test. 
You know why? Because I had to learn to pass that in order to be able to do other things and go to the next level. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to hold this level if everybody was asking me this, 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 and I didn't know how to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't do that. I can't commit to that. So sometimes the test is not huge. It doesn't look like a huge thing. Sometimes it's simple, but it will bring freedom into your life. So what is, what is the test? Is it a commitment thing? Is it a faithfulness thing? Is it an attitude? Is it a condition of the heart? You know, a good place to even look is, is looking at Genesis, or not Genesis, sorry, uh, Galatians 5, and looking through the, the fruits of the Spirit, and then right before that, look at the opposite. What does God say not to do? Those are, are is a great place to start. What is God dealing with me on? What is the test that, he's, that I'm needing to pass right now in order to bring me into victory? Amen? I know that's not like a Mother's Day message, um, but I don't like to discriminate and only give a message for one, one half of the congregation. No, really, because I stink at, at trying to make things happen that really just aren't there for me. That's really what it is. I, I'm just not. Like, if I tried to put a Mother's Day message together, it would be, like, a disaster. It's just not in me. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, mothers, that I'm not doing the Mother's Day message. But I'm, I'm doing a message that, that has something to do with all of us, you know? And it's, I want to see every person excel. I want to see every person accelerate as much and as, as the, the very top that God has given you and positioned you for. He has something on the inside of every person here. You have a created destiny on the inside of you that's ready to come out. And that's what I'm trying to pull out of you and getting you to see the promotion is there. The promotion is there. Pass the test. Don't look at it as your enemy. You know, well, don't befriend the thing, but I'm just saying, look at it as this is my stepping stone. As I conquer this, this becomes my stepping stone. This becomes the very thing that takes me higher. This becomes the thing that unlocks something in my life. So let's go ahead and stand today. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Let's ask the Lord, Father, what is it that you want for each person here? Lord, as, and, and some may already know. They may already know because you may have already been dealing with things in their heart. But Lord, I pray that today the very thing that you want us to conquer the very thing that has been holding our promotion back. I pray, Father, that you put a determination on the inside of everyone here that is ready to take that on, to see themselves through to the victory, to see themselves through, to, that they will pass through that test and hit their place of promotion in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. For the, every area that we've even come through testing so far, the things that, that you have already brought us through, the, that we've passed tests, and I'm sure there's every person in here can look back in their life 
and see where there's been tests that they've passed and the good things that it's brought them into and the protection that was there because they kept these things in place. So I pray today that you would speak to our hearts, speak to us so that we know exactly what we need to be tackling because this is not a, a cookie cutter gospel. It's not something that, that is just the same for every single person other than the fact that we all need Jesus Christ. But Lord, we need your relationship with us to know exactly what you have called each one of us to do and how to get there, how to be uh, a, a, an example for other people, how to, how to uh, move into that position and that promotion so we can be the one reaching back and bringing other people with us so that we're not in a land by ourselves but we're bringing other people and swinging that gate wide open for other people to come in so I pray father that you would just highlight to our spirit today what it is that you want us to begin to focus our strength on whether it's areas of self-control, whether it's any kind of sin that, that needs to be uh, eliminated and uprooted out of a life. I pray, Father, that today you give the person, every person here, that determination to conquer that thing once and for all, that there will not be an ongoing battle any longer in Jesus' name. But it will be something that will be in their heart that just drives them supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your grace that comes upon every person to fulfill the, the very thing that you have called them to do. Supernatural grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, if you're here today and you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, or if you need to recommit your life back to him, then I want to pray with you today. If you are online today, and that's something that you have never done, you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you need to do that today, or maybe you've strayed away from him. Maybe you've taken your own road, and you haven't taken the road that God had planned for you, that you knew that you were supposed to take. Well, today is the day for you to get that back on track with him. It's just your one prayer away. And today, I want to pray that with you. So let's bow our heads, and let's thank God. Today is the day of salvation. If this is what you uh, are going, going to... Um, Follow this path today, asking Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. Then just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life. Wash me clean. Cleanse me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me strong where I was weak. And I pray, Father, right now, I'm going to pray over you. I pray right now that, that you anoint every person in the sound of my voice that has said this prayer, even on the replay later. I pray, Father, that you call them 
into the very position, the destiny that you've created for them, the very, the very testing that they may have been going through, that they conquer that thing immediately. And Lord, that you give them the, the understanding, the revelation, and the insight on how to conquer that thing. I thank you, Father, for victories in this house. I pray, Father, that every person in here today is victorious in you. And Lord, that today begins a new day, that they go out of this place feeling empowered by your Holy Spirit to do what they haven't been able to conquer yet, but that turns around today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.